Hello and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.iamwomanproject.com.au. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favourite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at I Am Woman Project and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Hello and welcome. This is Julianne Black and you're listening to the I Am Woman Project, the place where collaboration meets inspiration and possibility. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce you to Dr. Kylie Flanagan. This will be a fascinating conversation as we deep dive into learning much more about Kylie. Welcome Kylie, all the way from North Carolina in the USA. Hello, Julianne. Good to be here. Thank you so much. So our guest today is a professional development coach and motivational speaker who knows a thing or two about reinventing reinventing herself from scratch. Over the course of her 20-year career, Dr. Kylie Flanagan has worked in television, corporate communications, human resources, academia, and management consulting. One of her biggest professional identity leaps was going from a stay-at-home mum to PhD student at age 37 with three young kids underfoot. It hasn't all been rainbows and yellow brick roads. Kylie pushed hard to finish her PhD in three years while going through a very painful divorce and a personal re-evaluation of her life and goals. Now Kylie uses her personal change and varied career experiences to help people find their own personal growth and power and joy. Wow, Kylie, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Thanks for having me. I mean, it's definitely been quite a wild ride. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like all of those areas to have worked in as well as finishing your PSG and especially pushing hard to do it in three years. Like that's massive. Well, thank you. Yes, it, it feels like quite an accomplishment from my perspective looking back now. You know, it's yeah. funny in hindsight how um, – you know, at the moment, you don't realize how difficult something is. And then you look back and say, my goodness, how did I make it through that? Mm. Do you think like just just on on that, do you think that that um, the PhD assisted you in directing your focus whilst things were um, so painful in your personal life at that point in time? You know, I think that that's a, that's a really good way of putting it, and I don't think I've necessarily thought about it that way, but I do remember that time and that work that I was doing for my dissertation, 
as being this really beautiful creative outlet for me. Mm-hmm. And so many people talk about their PhD programs like, oh, I would never do that again. It was so tough, so horrible. But I loved that moment and yeah. the ability to be engaged in that process of of um, synthesizing the the text that I was reading and writing and using creativity to think about how I wanted to formulate the concepts that I was feeling very passionate about in that program, um, that, that was a really safe and sacred space for me during a difficult personal time, for sure. Yeah. And there's just, there's so much healing in that because it got you to be fully immersed. And especially I've got a, I, I love the intersection of confidence creativity and performance and I believe that that's where we unleash spectacular results and that feels like it's quite testament to that you were confident in what you were reading and what you were delivering you needed to have lateral thinking being creative and you needed to perform because it was a PhD (laughs) right right certain certain expectations that had to be fulfilled (laughs) 100% and it gave you I would imagine and also just a hindsight point of view that it was and I I don't know how this will come across but it it kind of feels like it could have almost been um, refreshing um, to stop thinking about the gunk that you were needing to sort through and being there for your kids going through that as well and for yourself that you know it it was kind of like oh yes as you said this is my sacred space right and and I think also um and again kind of to reiterate what you're saying I don't know how this is going to to sound or feel to the listeners but 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 also it was a really um it was an opportunity for me to continue to have faith in the human experience because a lot of what I was writing about was the philosophy of life, um, this notion of life as a work of art, and thinking through that and, and applying it in a very practical way to management consulting, but also from my personal life and experiences, it was saying, you know what? we can still have this beautiful view of life and what we're here to do and our purpose and our interactions with other humans. And it may not always be rosy or perfect or easy, but that doesn't take away from the fact that this is a really special opportunity that we have uh, in terms of how we approach our life and the career path and life path that we follow. Mm, Delicious. Perfect. (laughs) Perfectly said. I love that. (laughs) Beaming. Yeah, that's that's great. Thank you so much for sharing. So what drives you? What's the best part of your job? Well, for me, I think that, you know, what drives me and is really my favorite part of my job is being able to help people and particularly women um, to see themselves in a different light and to embark on this personal journey of change. And it's that moment when, um, you know, the conversation is moving forward and there's a shift and, and there's a, a light bulb almost that comes on over their head where they're able to see themselves in this different light and it's much more empowering. Um, it's a catalyst for change and, and 
thinking about their relationships or their jobs in a different way that brings them back to that knowledge and that faith that I've got everything that I need to be loving, joyful, and successful in this particular space. Um, and I really do believe that sometimes we just need to be reminded of that yes. because there's so many forces that work against us and, and not maliciously or necessarily intentionally, but life is so busy and there's so much noise out there that, mm. you know, sometimes you just need that, that person, that, that angel who, who surprises you and says, Hey, have you thought about it this way? Yeah. Have you yeah. considered this? Yes. And and yeah. I love I love those light bulb moments. Yes. They they're really special, aren't they? There's there's so much transformation in that exchange and that opportunity to encourage someone um, to feel deeply within themselves. It's just it's the most exquisite moment. Yes, and, and you know, and I feel like it's it's also that exchange I think is so important because when you are able to help, you know, sh show someone a mirror of themselves and empower them in a certain way, you pick up on that energy as well. And, and there are benefits to you too when you, you know, spread that love and light and you help others feel good about themselves and the positivity in that moment. That affects everybody involved. Yes, 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 it does. <laughs> I think that's one of the things about um, about coaching where, you know, you, you, you often think that, wow, I receive so much from doing this that it's, you know, it's, it's such a gift for me to be able to be there for someone else because I receive so much from it. And, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's such a rewarding career. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, even this, this whole podcast series with I am woman, I mean, just listening to the different people with their different experiences, you can't help, but feel empowered. You can't help, but feel lighter and more confident and more, um, energized from these conversations. And, and you're listening as a, as an outside person, but you still get, you know, you still get so much from it. Yes. 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 Oh, I love the oh, way she did, way that. did that. So I can do that too. Right. Mm. Right. Mm. Gives you permission almost. You know what? That's it. Right. Mm. And we think, oh, I can't do that because I'm a mom or I can't do that because I'm stuck in this job. But, you know, so much of that is possible if we only have the courage to take that first step. Yes. And to get that, um, and to allow someone to encourage us, I think there's there's something to be said about uh, allowing ourselves to be encouraged. Because a lot of us, from that humanity, big picture point of view, um, we there's something lost in translation almost to just deliver that authentic. You've got this. You can handle this. I've got your back. I've got your front and all your sides. If you need me, I'm here for you. But I know that you can handle this. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I was just having a conversation with a woman yesterday who finally worked up enough courage to ask her boss to flex her hours and to reduce her hours and, and really create, you know, gave the boss a specific list of this is what it's going to take for me to be able to be fulfilled both in work and in life. 
And, you know, she was so scared about that moment. But by asking for help and asking for what she needed, it was fine. There were no issues whatsoever. But she, she had to know first what she needed. And then she had to say it out loud. And that you're right. Asking for help is really tough sometimes. Yeah. And what you did with her is help her come from a very empowered state as opposed to being disempowered. And because she came from an empowered state, she wasn't playing a victim. So therefore her boss was much more um, open to collaborating with her to achieve what she desired. Yeah, that, that, um, that attitude, that tone, I think is really important in terms of what you're communicating and how you're interacting with that other person, because you're right. If it had come from this space of victim or, you know, I'm going to, I need this or I'm going to quit. I mean, Mm. that just puts other people on the defensive. Ultimatums. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. So with the benefit of hindsight, then what would you have done differently in your life or career? What's the best piece of piece of advice you've ever been given? Well, I mean, I think that in general, there's not much that I would have done differently because I, I really do believe that each of my experiences and relationships have played an important role in my overall life experience, e- even the bad ones, the tough ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and in most of the cases, it just took time for me to understand, you know, how ultimately it was a good thing and how it helped me in a particular way. And the things that you're going through now or the things that have happened more recently, it's tougher to put those into a broader life context. Um, so, so I don't know that I would do anything differently, you know, but beyond that overarching philosophy, I would say in general, I, I would have spoken up more. Mm -hmm. I, I would have stood my ground um, I would have trusted my intuition uh, because I feel like in a lot of cases there was a little voice in the back of my head saying, are you really sure you want to do that? And sometimes I didn't listen <laughs> for various reasons. <laughs> um, but, but ultimately, you know, again, with time, it's like, oh, okay, so that's why that little voice was speaking up in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> or, that's why I got the call from my sister, you know, at that moment in time saying, are you sure? <laughs> um, but, you know, in, in terms of, uh, you know, I think related to that in terms of what I would do differently or just kind of, you know, advice I've been given over the years, I think probably the most important piece of advice um, was, was that people will, will work you as hard as you let them. And in some of the spaces that I've worked uh, from a professional standpoint, like academia, management consulting would certainly apply in this situation. There's no nine to five job there. I mean, you're constantly on, you have to be available 24 seven. And, and when I was a young management consultant, I had no boundaries. It was Mm. tell me where to go, when I need to be there. I don't leave the client site until after everybody else has left. Um, so I, I think that in being, you know, I think, um, you know, a bit of a people pleaser, it, it was hard for me to learn to say, okay, this is not okay, or just simply no, 
Mm. You know, that, that is very empowering to learn how to say no to somebody, especially in a work context. Yes, 100%. And so boundaries become such a um, important thing for us. And once again, coming from a very empowered place as opposed to the victim place, because that's when um, the boundaries are enforced as well. And if there is a bit of a people pleaser, and I, and I, I feel that the, the most women have that in us um, yeah. because we are that that's part of how we've been being built with that compassion and that yeah, of course I'm willing to help, and there's a, there's a there's such a willingness there for everyone to um, uh, to rise in the community. Um, right. and, and so when we come from that empowered place, I think it's, it's really important, um, to, to be able to share that and say, okay, so how do I want it to be in this situation instead of what it is? Right. And, and Julian, to take it even a step further, I would say, and it took me a lot of time to realize this, but people respect, respect. you more, right? When you set those boundaries, and, and then they treat you in a different way. Yeah. And so, so many times when you act the professional, you have that, that attitude and vibe of maturity and knowing who you are and what you want and say no and set your boundaries, people respect you more. Yeah. Absolutely. There's the, um, the leadership comes out. And especially being a woman, we can, we can lead with heart. Uh, and I, I, and I, there's a, there's a new way, there's a new tidal wave that women are on the crest of, especially in leadership to being able to lead with heart, compassion, inclusion, um, and, and, and being able to, uh, give a very clear directive and follow that through. Right. And, and I, um, I love the way you've put that. And because I think that leading with love is so important for today's workplaces, um, whatever career or occupation that you're in, there's so much power there. And, and for so long, we've been taught that to love is to be weak. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's actually the p- most powerful space that you can be in because you're enabling other people to be their authentic selves, to have genuine conversations. And so in terms of innovation, you've got diversity, communication, uh, vulnerability out there, but also truth that's not going to get stifled and fester. <laughs> and, you know, you're going to identify issues sooner rather than later. So, so it's, it's exciting to see that shift for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And very much a power with as a power, power over. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the greatest lesson you've learned? Well, it's, it's going to sound a bit, bit cheesy and cliche, but I think at this moment in my life, the, the greatest lesson that I've learned is that I am a beautiful, smart, talented, and competent woman. And I think that for me personally, it took me a lot of time to get to this point where I wasn't looking for that affirmation outside of myself. Mm-hmm. And so... I was looking for it through my career. You know, well, what what MBA program did I get into? Which company am I working for? Allowing my professional identity to be my identity, which is so unhealthy. Um, or, 
you know, looking, you know, to get confidence and empowerment from other people, you know, first from my family and my parents and then through my ex-husband and then even later through my kids wanting to, you know, get my own needs met through other people. And, and that's not ever going to be a secure, stable, trustworthy source because, you know, only we know ourselves best. And um, so, th so that's the, the greatest lesson that I've learned is that it's important not to look outside of myself and that through my own life experiences and my career endeavors, I've learned that I am able to function in a very whole, healthy way and I'm able to take care of myself. And that's, that's very empowering to, to finally have that realization. Oh, it's exquisite. Brilliant. Congratulations. Celebration to you for sure. So what advice, I, I, have, a, I have a feeling we've got a theme that's, uh, that's developed here. Um, what advice would you give your younger self? Uh, well, no doubt it would be to follow the love. <laughs> we, do have, we do have a theme going. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's funny because I can remember my parents saying, look, do what you love and the money will follow. But I had to learn that lesson myself. Um, so, so it's not that I didn't hear it or that, you know, my family was pressuring me to do otherwise, but, um, you know, in the er in my early days, I didn't care whether or not a job was going to look good on my resume. I didn't care, you know, if my major was a popular one. I just followed my heart. And if I thought that it was going to bring me joy or that I felt really good about it, I did it. And there and there wasn't much else to the decision making. Same thing with picking universities. I went with the first one that felt really good. I went to take a look at it and sign me up. Done. Um, and then, you know, I think over time, it's that kind of social and cultural pressures that start to wear you down a bit. And so I can even remember the moment post-graduation, university graduation, where all of a sudden I felt like I should be doing something. And this kind of mental rationality kicked in. And, um, you know, I was starting to think about real jobs, you know, as if, you know, a particular job wasn't real unless it looked good on my resume or it would get me into a good MBA or PhD program. And, um, and I think, you know, what I would say to my younger self is that none of those things are going to bring you the fulfillment and the security that you think they're going to bring you. And that actually, if you follow the love then your passion and your excitement for whatever that is, is going to bring you all those things that you think you need to get from the rational, quote unquote, real job. Mm -hmm. So I would say fo keep following that love no yes. matter what. Yes. I love that. I That's, love brilliant. That. That's brilliant. So is there anything that keeps you up at night? Oh, I, I think that as... Um, as a mom, I mean, it's, it's always, that would always be my kids, right? I mean, it's, am I being a good role model? I've got twin girls and a son. And I, um, you know, I think that one of the best things about my human experience right now is that I'm able to be a mom. And so 
I worry that I'm not doing a good job. I worry about work-life balance. I, um, you know, I think that I'm pretty open to change. I mean, uh, I think that I think that I'm able to really live that message that I preach about life as a work of art. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that I don't have moments of doubt where I think, do my decisions and my choices impact other people? And I know that they do, certainly. But is it in a positive way that the message that my kids get is going to be one of empowerment, of confidence, of you know, redirecting their life in a way that's positive. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. That's it. That's once again, a very inclusive uh, way of thinking and being um, and very conscious as well, very conscious in, um, in ensuring that uh, your thoughts and actions are leading by example as to how you um, want to experience life. Right. I mean, every, everything sends a message from, mm. you know, and, and kids soak that up. I mean, they, they hear what you say. They notice if you give a little white lie. I mean, that, that doesn't go unnoticed. Um, and so it, I feel like I do try to be very conscious in setting that example and living with integrity because that's what's, you know, that's what they're going to be taking away. Sure. So who's been your greatest influence? Well, certainly my family, um, you know, my parents, my, my kids have been great teachers and helping me to see what my hot buttons are. (laughs) (laughs) Bless their cotton socks. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I think that in terms of my, my greatest influencers and, and I really hate to admit this, (laughs) so I'd like to say that right from the start, but but it's been my tough relationships. Mm. You know, it, it's, it's been the relationships that have been, you know, negative or hurtful. Um, it, it's been, you know, those, those past bosses that, um, you know, really forced me to use my voice and to take a stand. Um, it's been the friendships, finding out that they weren't true friendships and so, again, as much as I hate it, those have been the ones that have helped me the most. And, and you can only appreciate it, I think, looking back, because when you're in that space, you don't know how you're going to get out of it or how to change it. Um, and, and so it makes you cringe a little bit. But once you're through it, then you see how you've grown and you've matured. And, um, and, and that's, that's pretty exciting. It's just yes, a matter yes. of whether than looking forward when you get into those situations, because certainly everybody is going to, because we're going to continue to grow and learn. Um, but can you take that same attitude and faith that it's going to work out and that this is going to be beneficial in some form or fashion? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's, it's such a important factor as well that, um, just from taking ownership of that and being countable that it is the toughest relationships. It's not asking the universe to present more to you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like I'm at peace with this, you know, and I think that when we become at peace with our past, 
uh, that's what gives us emotional freedom in the present and um, and in the future. And we can really nurture those relationships and the ones that have been really loving and happy and vibrant and joyous um, remind us that happy, joyous, loving and um, and fun is available in the present moment as well. So it all, yeah, it all contributes. Yes, definitely. And, you know, one of the things that I have noticed in my own personal experience is that 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 whole phrase, when it rains, it pours. And so sometimes I've noticed that it seems like I've got a couple of different relationships or challenge, that are challenging me in that same moment. And then I try to look for the patterns. Is, yes. Okay, what, is, what is this telling me at this moment? And for me personally, a lot of times it has been stand up for yourself, mm-hmm. you know, scream and shout. You know, there's a time to be kind and giving and um, accommodating. And there's times where you have got to say, this is not okay. And the way, you know, this interaction is not healthy for either of us and we're going to change. So it's just a matter of how we're going to change, but we have got to change. Yes. Yes. Oh, so much wisdom coming out. I love it. (laughs) So if you had to pick one word that best describes your personal brand, what would it be? courage. I think that, um, you know, if, if I'm thinking about my brand or my life philosophy as life is a work of art and that every experience and every relationship contributes at, you know, at the end of our days to this beautiful portrait and that we're always going to have this element of uncertainty of what that portrait is going to look like then I would say courage is, you know, is the, is the brand because, you know, you have to be able to take a step forward, not knowing what the outcome is going to be. And that gets back to following your heart, right? And that, and that's how you take that first step is saying, you know, where's the light? Where do I feel good? What, what path looks like it's going to bring me the most joy. And I really do believe that if you have the courage to follow that, even if it means, okay, hey, maybe this relationship isn't working out and we need to let go of each other. Maybe it means, hey, this occupation that I spent so many years getting my degree in and everybody loves that I'm this or that, but letting that go. If you have the courage to do that, then I think that, you know, again, when, it, when it's our time, uh, people will look back and say, okay, that feels good. I have no regrets. I feel really good about this portrait I've created. Um, so courage, I think, is really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I totally agree. So what three gold nuggets would you like to give our listeners? <laughs> well, number one, it would be to have the courage to switch identities. And I think that's really hard because, I mean, even in my own experience, when I wanted to stop being a management consultant to be a stay at home mom. People said, Oh, you're crazy. Why are you giving up your great job? And then when I wanted to go from a stay at home mom to a PhD student, people said, Oh, you're crazy. Don't you love your kids? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then when I went from academia back into the corporate world, people just said, Oh, you're crazy. You're just selling out. So I think that you know, again, you have to have that personal wisdom and that courage to make the choices that are right for you. 
uh, because ultimately that's where you're going to feel most fulfilled. The second piece of uh, the second golden nugget I would give is follow that love, yes. follow, follow your heart. And, um, and there's, you know, there's no waiting to that, right? Because, you know, you, you, you just can't put that off because that, that muse, that inspiration, you know, it may or may not stay there for 20 years. And so if something isn't bringing you joy or making you feel love and excitement about your life, it's time to change it. And then the third golden nugget I would give is that truly life is a work of art. And there are going to be ups and downs. There's going to be unexpected twists and turns. And none of it is inherently bad. So I think that, you know, approaching life with this overarching philosophy is really healthy for keeping into context the things that are, you know, giving us little tweaks of pain or discomfort that, you know, all of this is for us. And, and truly we are meant here on this lifetime to, to have a beautiful experience. Yes. I'm just sitting here blissed out because all of that rings so true. And they're really sound philosophies that, um, that keep you very internally healthy and strong and empowered. And I think that's the, um, that's the value of those three gold nuggets for me anyway. Yeah, Julian, I, I really feel like we, we all need that tether, that, that lifeline, right? So that when these, you know, things happen in our life, we can go back to that core, that lifeline and hold on and say, okay, you know, I'm going to see this through. This is one moment in time. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it, it's the one moment in time where you get to trust yourself and trust life. And it just kind of, it opens up when you actually do that. Yeah. Beautifully said. Yes. So what does the future storyline for Kylie Flanagan look, sound and feel like in one sentence? Oh, goodness. (laughs) (laughs) I keep this as a little curly one just to, just to like allow your heart to speak. (laughs) You know, I think that the future for me is, is a beautiful golden brick road and there are going to be, um, it's going to be a bit cobblestone. (laughs) There's going to be some bumps in the road, but ultimately it's a, it's a beautiful landscape portrait and I continue to be excited about it. I continue to be, um, you know, cognizant of my own developmental needs and, and relationship needs and, I'm so excited to just be here and experience it all, the ups and the downs. Yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> Looking forward to celebrating that. So where can um, our beautiful listeners find out more about you? We're going to have the links in, um, in the, um, on the page of the podcast as well. But what's your website and where can people best find you? 
Right. Sure. Yeah. So probably the best way is my website, which is www.kylieflanagan.com. I'm also on Twitter at Kai Flanagan. And, and I do. How do you do, spell your your name? Yeah. Great question <laughs> because it, it is a tricky one. It's a Kylie is a family name. It's K I E L Y. Flanagan, F-L-A-N-I-G-A-N. Great. Perfect. And as I said, we're going to have those links in our, uh, on, the, on the page as well. Kylie, it has been such a delight to, um, to talk with you today. Um, oh, ditto, just, ditto. Oh, it's just been, it's been, it's been so inspiring and my heart's singing. So um, thank you so much for your time and, and getting up so early. It's 5 a.m. for you. <laughs> well, thank you, Julianne. This has been a pleasure and I'm, you know, just so grateful to be a part of this. I really love the I Am Woman Project. So thank you for having me. Yes, it's our absolute pleasure. So this is Julianne Black for the I Am Woman Project. Keep smiling and be brilliant now. That brings us to the end of the show. If you have any questions, please send us an email to jennifer at iamwomanproject.com.au or Twitter at iamwomanproject and we will get right back to you. If you were listening to this podcast on iTunes, please make sure you leave a review or rating about the show. We would love to hear your thoughts. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next time, please take care.